Okay. No singing. Am I? No singing. <laughs> no singing. Chanting maybe a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> hands and hum a little. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. If your sports team has a chant, you may chant that. Yeah. If I can teach you, Scott Tim brought up the word justification. If I can give a succinct definition to my children, or honestly for me, mm-hmm. of what justification is, mm-hmm. that helps me when I read the Bible now. Because, yeah. Yeah. we, for instance, whenever we teach our children to read, we're assume, and most of the time they're reading words that they already have mental definitions for. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense when they read. I'm defining words for you so that whenever you read this book, you know what a dog is. Welcome there to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're glad that you're able to join us today. Thank you for listening uh, with us as we've sitting around, we're sitting around the table here together. I've got Tim Michelangeli, lead pastor here at MMBC, Scott Slater, family pastor, Matt Bates, music and media pastor. My name is Spencer Snow, and we are the Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, and it's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We want to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Um, today, as we sit around the table this this afternoon, we want to have a, a conversation about family worship. Pastor Scott, do you want to lead us in that way? Yeah, so we're going to just continue kind of our conversation that we've been having around marriage and family. Uh, and uh, what we want to really talk about this week is Starting to kind of pick apart the first episode we did on parenting in general, that where we really discussed the fact that as a parent, you are the one that has been given the command by God to raise up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so that's, that's your job. So starting to get practical with that, how do we do that? I kind of split it up into four different categories that there are opportunities for you to model what it means to be a Christian. There's also time that you take to specifically instruct about the Christian faith. There are just random moments that you can utilize to instruct on the Christian faith, but then there's also milestones. Um, Today, what we're talking about in family worship is part of the time. You're taking specific time that is set aside to instruct your children and your family and the Lord. And so as we're talking about that, I'm just interested to hear your all's experience. Uh, I know mine, but I don't know where you guys have come from in all of your backgrounds. What was your reaction the first time you heard the phrase family worship? You don't need to remember the exact instance, but like maybe the way you felt, were you confused? Did it make sense? Yeah, when I was younger, I probably thought they wanted us to sing or something together as a family. Mm Mm-hmm. That's probably, I mean, that's probably it. That's probably exactly what I thought if yeah. I, when I heard that. Yeah. You guys should worship at home. Like what, turn the radio on and sing with it? I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what I, I, did. I mean, it was different. It was obviously different from what I grew up with. So it was a completely um, novel concept. Um, I don't remember, I mean... Yeah, honestly, I don't remember what my initial reaction was, but it was it was very alien, different, yeah. mm-hmm. something completely outside, foreign to what uh, my experience was growing up. 
Yeah. Or even daunting, like as I got a better understanding yeah, sure. of it, it feels daunting, like yeah. a daunting task. Mm. That, like, mm-hmm. man, like almost okay, seven days a week, we got to set up a worship in our home that needs to entail right. this. I need to know the Bible so I can teach it to my kids. So mm. that means I got to prepare something, learn to play the guitar. Yeah, I got to have them <laughs> sit down. No, yeah, they yeah. need to sit down quiet, be looking at me. Yeah, yeah. you know, we got to do all these things like. It, yeah, almost impossible. Yeah, is what it feels like. Yeah, I guess I didn't re- even really hear the term family dis- or uh, family worship until actually recently. But there was kind of a disconnect because, like, growing up, like my dad would lead us in like lo- you know little Bible studies. It wasn't, it wasn't like you know every day or anything like that, or maybe not even like once a week. But it was just kind of sporadically, and like we always went through the Christmas story, mm-hmm. you know, on on around Christmas time and, and on Easter, like we would go through the Easter story, mm-hmm. like as a family. Um, but I never really kind of put the, the two together, like, oh, that's family worship. Like I didn't, you know, they, it was just kind of disconnected from mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. maybe that was just because of my, you know, not really understanding what categorizes, you know, a family worship. Sure. So Yeah. My experience, I think, was largely like what Tim had said when I hear family worship, the very first thought that came to my mind, I, I remember was singing like and having music. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just because I had been conditioned by the culture of the church sure. that I had been a part of. Yeah. Worship is singing. Let's stand and worship. Yeah. And everyone stands yes, and sings a song. Yes, that yeah. phrase. Yeah. yeah. Let's stand and worship together. Yeah. Yeah. And I had been conditioned to think of the word worship in that way mm-hmm. and not realize or understand that worship is more than singing. I think it's really common. (laughs) Yeah, it is very common. And so that gave me a misconception, a misunderstanding of what family worship was then. And that became more clear the more I learned about what family worship was. Mm. So sometimes I'm actually uh, hesitant to use the phrase family worship, Mm. especially if I know I'm talking to people that might Mm -hmm. not understand Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Like I might say instead family devotion like a family devotion, because mm-hmm. I think that more accurately communicates mm-hmm. to our culture and our context yeah. what you're actually supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So for our context and what we've all talked about family worship before and what we mean, so what, what do we mean when we are talking about family worship together? I think we're talking about just the... <clears throat> so it's the parents' responsibility, we believe, Scripture gives to parents to train up their kids in the ways of the Lord. And so family worship is part of that training, we would say. Mm. It's not the only time of training. It's probably really a small time of the training when you think of how much you teach your kids just in general and mm-hmm. life and everything. But what we're talking about is a time that you set aside with your family uh, purposefully <clears throat> to read the Bible together Probably pray together, and uh, some families do sing together, I guess. Mm-hmm. If, um, but really, that that's it. It's not like, uh, the, this is me, I guess, more so. It's not a real long, drawn-out process. It's not something usually super deep where I, I feel like I'm having to really explain, you know, just the depths of mm-hmm. Scripture to kids. And I, I don't think we mean that with parents, but mm-hmm. it's just... Whereas parents, you help instill in your kid this recognition that it's important to set time aside. Let's read the Bible together. Let's just talk about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
and let's pray together. Hmm. Um, I mean, I I think that's the most basic way I can put it, Mm -hmm. and it is basic. It doesn't need to be, doesn't have to be more than that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're all kind of talking about Mm -hmm. when we when we say family worship. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in in my mind. It is a specific time where your family together is setting aside to recognize the Lord through, like you gave us some of our categories already, reading scripture, prayer, singing. There's other things you can add to it, but it's, it's primarily time intentionally set aside to bring the family to think about the things of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's used to instruct. It's also used to encourage, to edify, um, and so that's what we're thinking of when we think of family worship. Spencer, do you have anything to add to that? Any nuance to that thought? No, I just think it's really good. This is, I think, one of the things that, like we talked about, not daunting people, is to, to take comfort that this isn't rocket science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is um, like we said, and also, and we'll get to this, but um, the don't take so much burden <clears throat> up on yourself. The the burden to change and to teach your heart, your own heart, and the hearts of your children is actually upon the Lord. Mm. That's why we go to the Bible. Um, so while we are called to listen to it and we want to be faithful to instruct our kids and to exhort each other in it, we ultimately are trusting God to do His work. And so it kind of takes the pressure off of us mm-hmm. to to trust the word that he's given to us, but yeah. And the encouragement to parents is that God does this work and He's also given us the means through which he does it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's he has his word, we have his word, yep. mm-hmm. and he's commanded parents to do this. You know, uh, there's blessing that comes with following the commands of the Lord, right? We know mm-hmm. that's not that's not what saves. We've, we talked in our last episode that doing this does not guarantee right. the salvation of our children, but God has given us the resources and he's given us the explicit command to do this. Mm-hmm. And Tim, you said this, that, Family worship is not the end-all, be-all. I think you you said that. This is one component of teaching, just one, yeah. but it's an important one. Because I would say, so like for an example, I would say what's even more important than your family worship time as a parent is your own personal holiness and walk with the Lord. Uh, my kids are probably going to see that more so mm-hmm. than they're going to remember family worship time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if I'm not really living out my faith on a regular basis, but yet I make my kids sit down and we read some scripture, I make them sing a song, and then I make them pray, and then I'm going to say, well, God, now change them. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to live that out too. Sure. And I think that's really important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if people are listening and they haven't, done family worship or they haven't uh, been super faithful to it, maybe they have some, I would want to encourage them to say, well, are you living out your faith at least that your kids see, you mm-hmm. know, that they see you doing that, being sure. faithful to your church, faithful to your family, yeah. you know, speaking of the Lord at least, all these different things. There's, there's benefit in that mm. also, mm. right? And so, but yeah. this is an aspect that is also very helpful. Yeah, it's amazing in the way that they complement each other. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just to take your example, <clears throat> you were talking about a person who maybe isn't doing family worship but is living out their faith in front of their children. They're providing, they're modeling an example of what a Christian is, how they live, how they talk, how they believe. Um, take it the other way, though. A parent who is not 
following the Lord in their daily life, but they're still doing some kind of family worship. I mean, think about how disjointed that would look. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they complement each other. It's it, because what you're doing in family worship is you're giving the reasons, the teaching behind why would you even live your life in this way? Mm-hmm. That needs to be explained mm-hmm. um, because without it, what it would be very easy to come away with is being a Christian is being a good person. Mm-hmm. And so our faith needs explaining. Mm-hmm. It needs showing. And so um, sometimes I think people can get a little off because family worship isn't exactly in the Bible. Like you don't see that phrase. You don't see that. But I, I found this helpful. This is actually from <clears throat> a little book that we have for sale downstairs in the hallway outside the sanctuary called Family Worship by Don, uh, Donald Whitney. And this is what he says in the, uh, the beginning of chapter 1. He says, While there is no direct explicit commandment in Scripture about family worship, the Bible clearly implies that God deserves to be worshipped daily in our homes by our families. Also, its practice is evident throughout the Bible. To quote Charles Spurgeon, I trust there are none here present who profess to be followers of Christ who do not also practice prayer in their families. We may have no positive commandment for it, but we believe that it is so much in accord with the genius and spirit of the gospel that it is, to com- that it is so commended by the example of the saints that the neglect thereof is a strange inconsistency. Mm-hmm. I think what he's pointing out there that Charles Spurgeon is pointing out that Don Whitney quotes is that the example that we see in Scripture, it just seems like it would be a strange inconsistency, inconsistency, for families to not regularly come together to read the Bible and to pray together. And that's mm-hmm. what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's not a command in the Bible, but if we're going to call ourselves Christians, there's things that we would be regularly doing mm-hmm. as Christians, and this is one of those. So I want to try to get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes of what <clears throat> we might be doing in family worship. Uh, we've already mentioned a couple of these categories, but uh, Tim, you specifically mentioned reading the Bible, and prayer. Let's just take those two for now. Um, what is all involved? What, what do you need to do in family worship uh, in terms of reading the Bible and prayer? Are we talking about like literally open one verse, read one verse? Should we read a chapter? Do you need to read a paragraph and then give a little devotion and explain that? Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I those, I, you know, okay. You could you could go down either of those roads. I think it's good to, you know, look at one verse. Not, I mean, hopefully not out of context, but you know, some some scripture verses are packed full of goodies, you know. But then at the same time, if like you're going over like a passage that's more narrative, like you kind of need to read more to get a better idea of what's going on to even discuss it, you know. Okay. So I think one, yeah, we should be reading scripture, but at the same time explaining it, and then you know dis- discussing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I think first we need to set up. None of us are perfect in this. Anyway. Yeah, sure. And a lot of what I think what we're going to say is good. Our families might listen to this and say, "But we don't do that that way." Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yes, what okay, you, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Which actually, so before we keep going, why don't we? I mean, if you guys are cool with this, why don't we just just each share kind of what our habit of family worship looks like at home okay. and what we're doing. Is okay. that okay? We yeah. cool with that? I'm fine with that. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, what we do in my home, 
we are not perfectly consistent, <clears throat> but most nights what will happen is we'll be after dinner, we'll be playing, hanging out, uh, time for kids to get ready for bed. I'll tell Nolan, go put your pajamas on. We'll help Thomas put his pajamas on. The kids will both brush their teeth, and after they've done that, they know that they are supposed to go get the books that we use for family worship. So we read through a uh, story Bible, and we are right now we're reading through um, a book put out by ten of those. Everyone, everyone a child should know about. I think mm, it's called or something yeah. like that. It's mm-hmm. a it's a one page biography. We read through that too. And then uh, we actually have a songbook that we use, and we sing mm. songs. So we'll go. They'll go get those. We sit on the couch. We read those two books, and we'll sing a song normally. Mm-hmm. It takes usually less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And after that, the kids will put the books away, mm-hmm. and we'll get ready. We'll go to bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we do. And it's usually, we try to do every night. We might miss a couple nights here and there. Yeah. Right. But that's what we do. Right. Yeah. Again, like you, Scott, I mean, this is not something we can... You know, we make happen every single night, but we try to. Um, but we, our our typical practice is is we do it um, at the tail end of dinner time. So we've ate our food. Sometimes the kids might even still be eating at the tail end of dinner. But I'll go. Get, I'll have. We'll get the Bible. I'll read um, a portion of scripture. Oftentimes, right now, I find it really helpful with the kids, especially when they're younger. But this may be true even with old, with all of us. It's easier for them to understand narrative and to follow along and to pay yeah. attention to details than if I was to read Romans to them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So just the phase of life we're in. Mm. So I'll read a story to them. And I found actually one of the little things I found helpful in reading through that is instead of I, I mean, we'll talk about it after I read the passage of Scripture, and I'll try to ask them questions. But I've even found it helpful to ask questions and make comments as I'm reading the passage. So, like, even if there's a word that's not even a theological word, but it may be a bigger word, I'll say, well, what does that word mean? Or, like, you know, if the word ill is in there, what does it mean whenever somebody's ill? Mm. And then they'll they'll say it to me. So it kind of keeps them, in, you know, involved in the thing. And I found that to be better for us. Than, than putting the discussion all at the tail end of something to kind of just make it a little bit interactive mm-hmm. throughout. So, so another detail that might be important, my kids are two and four. And mm-hmm. so that's, that, that's mm-hmm. important. Spencer, right. how old are your kids? Uh, seven, six, and one. Okay. And so we do that, then we'll pray. Um, sometimes we may pray the Lord's Prayer or say the Apostles' Creed. Um, and then we might sing a song, just a song that we know around the table at the very end after prayer. But that's not always. So that's kind of what we do. Okay. Uh, we have kids 14, 11, 8, 3, and almost 1. So right now, the 3-year-old and the 1-year-old, the, our Bible time doesn't usually happen until we can get them in bed, yeah. honestly. Yep. It's impossible with them around to, to do anything. Uh, we're inconsistent. Uh, on, we we're pretty consistent with prayer, where we will pray before bed. You know, maybe it's just me with the boys because they sleep in the basement, and then I'll go upstairs and pray with Aubrey, or mm. or we'll pray together. All of us will pray together. Mm. But we we do reading, and we use. Um, we just finished a book called Theology. It's called. And it just kind of like asks questions, and then it's usually like two pages of reading, and then it has scripture verses that are relevant to mm-hmm. to that. And so we would just read 
one of those or two of those at night and talk about it real briefly. Um, you know, nothing too intense or too deep. And uh, after we read, we, yeah, we, what do we need to be praying for? Mm-hmm. We just ask, you know, if anybody has prayer requests or anything you heard, or maybe we'll mention some things at church or something like that, mm-hmm. some people who are sick. And uh, <clears throat> we take turns praying, like not all together, but like I might pray tonight, Easton might mm-hmm. the next night, yeah. Aubrey. Usually turns into a fight. I did yesterday. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, our, one of the kids is saying how tired they are. They just want to go to bed. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just how it really is. Um, me and Amanda are usually wore out too by that time, but mm-hmm. we can't do it at dinner because dinners aren't consistent at our house. Mm-hmm. We don't always have mm-hmm. a consistent dinner time with schedules. And when we do have dinner, my kids are done before my plate's even made. Like they're mm. they're done mm. and gone, <laughs> so it, like that wouldn't work. And sure. mornings wouldn't really work for us because again, our schedules. You know, when two of them have to be at school, another one has to be over here. It's just so the best time is night, but that still is hard because mm. we're all tired, right? You're just yeah. kind of wanting to go mm-hmm. to bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we try to be consistent with with reading something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. together or. There's times I just ask them words, a little more theological as my kids get a little older. Mm-hmm. So like justification. Yeah. And we'll do that for four days in a row because the next day, it's, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world, right? You go over it the first day, the next day, all right, what's justification? I've never heard that word before. <laughs> we did that all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you just keep doing it, you know? Um, like recently, actually, Easton was supposed to ask you today, hypostatic union. Oh, <laughs> nice. He was supposed to ask you what it was. You know, and, and so I would just did remind... Did he, Spencer? Did he ask? I, not that I'm aware of. No, no. <laughs> I would just remind them, what was the word? You know, and he'd be like, uh, hi, give him the H. You Hypoallergenic? Know. Yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah. What does it mean? But almost every time, I, honestly, as we do it, they remember what it means. They don't always remember the word. They can't mm-hmm. always say the word. Yeah. Yeah. But once I tell them the word, and what did that mean? Jesus was fully God and man. Mm-hmm. It's like that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yep, that's good. And so sometimes we just go over like some phrases like that, mm-hmm. yeah, just to try to help. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, no that's singing. Good. Am I? No singing. <laughs> no singing. Chanting maybe a little bit. A little <laughs> Hold hands and hum a little. Yeah, yeah. If your sports team has a chant, you may chant that. Yeah. Well, you guys have the. I'm going to call it a benefit right now, but you guys have the benefit of almost having a schedule for your kids. I mean, Tim, not so much you guys. But, um, so I guess my, my approach to it or our approach to it is very informal and uh, I don't want to say sporadic, but kind of random. So it, it doesn't look like us, you know, sitting down for dinner and talking through stuff. Well, some, some of the mm-hmm. time it does end up that way. But sometimes it's through text message, sometimes it's over the phone, sometimes it's while we're driving to like Bill and Lori's or, you know, something like that. Uh, Sometimes it's not even uh, like, let's look at this scripture verse, you know, and kind of go through it. But it's more kind of what you were were talking about with theology. Like, Like, what's this term 
mean, mm. you know, and, you know, what's your understanding of that? And so, I mean, and it's just me and Hannah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we converse back and forth all the time on all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> actually a lot of our, a lot of what I bring up to talk about are actually stuff that we've talked about in the podcast. Mm. So like last week, like we talked a lot about like our relationship, our physical relationship, um, like, you know, sex and, and all that kind of stuff. And then like, we've talked about all kinds of things. We talk about all kinds of things. Mm. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't always necessarily, you know, start from scripture, but you know, eventually it always gets to, you know, well, what does the Bible say about this? Yeah, sure. That and that is a hard thing <clears throat> that might change in your family as you have kids. Yeah, um, it will. You guys maybe it are will. different, but me and Amanda struggle greatly to have our own time. Yeah, we always have. We've never been that great at that of yeah. like just me and her prayer time, me and her right. talking about scripture time, yeah. especially. You know, as the kids have gotten older, mm. it seems like when we're alone, we're we're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't fell asleep at that time, and uh, yeah. yeah. So that has gotten harder. Where we do yeah. it as a family, you know, and we'll do it together yeah. with yeah. all the kids, but uh, not yeah. often, yeah. really, with yeah. just me and her. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it, it's stealing time for us in the car if it's just the two of us. Right, and then it's like, don't let we have a big, huge van, so it's like. <laughs> You know, no kids in the front row. Get back to the back farther <laughs> row so we can have a discussion. <laughs> yeah, without yeah. you guys listening all the sure, time. Yeah. Sure, type of thing. That's the. That's and I'll say sorry bad. before you move yeah, on. I'll yeah. say this: like the the biggest disadvantage of how we do it right now is prayer definitely gets looked over. Mm-hmm. Like we we hardly ever pray together, and you know that's mm-hmm. kind of convicting to even say that out loud. But like our our prayer life together. <laughs> is almost non-existent right yeah. now. I think so. we've already established, you know, in this conversation, like I'm convicted on this as well because what we could do in this podcast is sit here and talk about the ideal and frame that as if we are perfect mm. in doing this. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I was just thinking like what you just said, Tim, like that's definitely true for us. Alicia and I were really consistent in just her and I sitting down, like we would read through a book of the Bible together. Mm. We would pray together. We wouldn't really sing together at that time. That mm. happened when we had kids. Um, but now that we do have kids, it is pretty rare. Mm. Like we still do it, and it's like the times that we do it, we're like, oh, man, that was good. <laughs> like we really enjoyed that, you know. And honestly, it's, it's, it's on me, you know. It's on me in, you know, <clears throat> initiating those conversations as the, the husband of uh, I bought a her. book recently for me and Amanda. I think I bought it three weeks ago. It's still on her dresser. We haven't opened it up. <laughs> Tension was there. Yeah. Hopefully sure. we will get to it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I had told you about this before, Scott, when we were talking about marriage conferences and giving gifts. And mm-hmm. I'm, I bought two of them just to try to test this out. Mm. But it's really simple where, you know, every page, every two pages are the exact same. And it's just like, what can I pray for you about what, uh, what are some good things that happened to you recently? You know, what are some things you're struggling with? It's like six questions, three on the one page, three on the other. And you're supposed to just write in there, honestly, like me and Amanda would read that and Amanda writes hers and I read hers and it gives us an opportunity to be praying for each other. You know, like, what are you struggling with at work? Yeah, And she just writes that down, and so then I can be praying. And we know that we're both regularly checking that. And maybe we don't have time to sit together and write it out. Mm. But if we, if we will be consistent doing that together, yeah. you know, it, that, would, that would be a benefit as well. And it's yeah, really it's easy. Good. It's just a matter then of, 
of doing it. Mm -hmm. And there are resources out there that I mm -hmm. think are helpful mm -hmm. with that. And it's as simple as that, yeah. yep. you know, uh, at times. You yeah. could even set up something on your phone, like a shared notes. Yeah, like I know probably. iPhones have that. Like you can share your calendar, you can share yeah. reminders, oh, yeah. and notes. You know, and me stuff. and Alicia, we tried digitally. doing that with our grocery list. It was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work. Yeah. <laughs> Same here, because yeah. I, I, I use it in here. Like, no. <laughs> so, so I think I'm, we're all saying these things, and each of us has said something pretty different. And I, I, I could imagine somebody listening to this podcast right now would be like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. Slow down. What are you all talking about? Because you all said different things. Mm. But I actually want to point that out. Family worship in each of our homes looks different. Yeah. And that's one of the beauties of doing family worship is that it is customizable to your family. Mm -hmm. Spencer, you all do it at dinner. Yeah. We do it as part of our bedtime routine. Tim, you, you do it right. at bedtime. You do it with your kids at different times. You yeah. split them up because yeah. you got a big family with mm -hmm. different ages. Mm -hmm. Matt, you guys don't have a baby outside the womb yet. So right. for you all, it looks different yeah. right now too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be changing soon. Yeah, it will. You know? <laughs> sure. and, um, but that's that's part of it. I don't want people listening to this to get... <laughs> you'll be on a schedule before long. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll don't be worry. on a schedule yeah. or you'll want to be. You'll wish. <laughs> yeah. We'll have you well trained. Someone in the household, and it's not going to be you or Hannah, is going to have you on a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, I don't want people listening to this to get discouraged if they didn't hear, like, here's what you do, here's how you do it, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, right. Because that's not, that's not the point yeah. of this. The point is that you are doing something. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest question. I know that you've been getting some parents asking you for resources, and I, I've got that too. And sometimes uh, it seems like what parents are looking for is the silver bullet. Like, what can I do? And my yeah. kids will be just fully engaged and excited <laughs> every night, like, it's eight o'clock. You know what time it is, Dad? Open the Bible. Mom, can we do family worship again? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know? I'll say this. Sometimes Nolan is like, but aren't we going to have a family devotion? He just doesn't want to go to bed. That's exactly <laughs> That's exactly He's really pious. It's like wow. five minutes ago, he wasn't tired. When I asked him to go brush his teeth, I'm too tired. <laughs> yeah, same thing, same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. But there isn't one. And that's, yeah. that's the point is... You know, we're talking about this podcast of, of family worship. And again, it goes down to just those fundamental things. Like, just find time to read some scripture. Maybe you have a book that helps with that. Our family uses a book that helps with that. Mm -hmm. Spencer mm -hmm. said he just gets the Bible out and they read something. So maybe he doesn't use a book mm -hmm. yep, all use the time. A book. You mm -hmm. use a, a book sometimes, right? So get engaged in scripture somehow and mm -hmm. how much you read you talked about that earlier i think that will vary depending on yeah. even the age of your kids absolutely yeah. you know what yeah. i mean um that's why i think it's i mean so like my kids we use a story bible yeah because mm -hmm. it's easier for them to see the pictures number one mm -hmm. also to pay attention to the story mm -hmm. spencer your kids are a little older to where they're listening to the details you can ask them interactive questions mm -hmm. and do mm -hmm. that sure Tim, you're going a little deeper with your older kids talking about theological yeah. subjects and getting them to put, start putting these ideas together, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. And so, like, that's why I asked us to share the yeah. ages of our kids is because mm -hmm. what you do in family worship is going to look different the older your kids get mm -hmm. uh, or younger. You know, if you're younger, keep it very, very simple. When they get older, try to expand on it a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should move towards a pattern of family worship as an hour long in the no, evenings. No. That's kind of missing the point. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's some people I know that put a lot of that could put a lot of pressure on themselves mm -hmm. to make this a full on ordeal. And yeah. they're like, I've known parents before. Like, I've got a craft ready that we're gonna do together. <laughs> I've got this program ready. We're gonna do this activity. You know, and it's like that's that's really getting beyond 
think what you're trying and kids to are just different you know um like spencer's kids might like to listen to stories where they could mm. sit down and read a book like i think i talked to courtney before where she's read book series to her kids and they sit and they're engaged and they listen and they like mm. that over this covid stuff i tried to sit with my family like we're going to read Chronicles of Narnia. Two chapters in, they were like throwing rocks at me, like <laughs> dumbest thing they've ever done. Like they, to them, they hated every second of it, you know. And and so, just give them an audio book while they go run. Yeah, yeah there you go. But so for me, then I, okay, I have to engage them different. I can't sit down sure. and just start reading the book of Joshua, even though there's some cool stories in there, and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to get them going. Right. I can't do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, what can I do, right? Well, then I need to be more apt in the car rides to practice mm. and stuff yeah. to be ready to jump on opportunities, maybe yeah. to start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Or for me, I have this advantage. You know, did, I preached this week. Did you hear any of it? Mm. Like, what did I? What did I preach on? Not, <laughs> That's not a great a question. question to start with. Hey, did, did you, you hear? Any, not <laughs> yeah. questioning them like you're sitting now, but like, what did I preach on this week? You know, and just hope yeah. they say something, and then yeah. maybe try to bring something up from the sermon yeah. that yeah. is applied to maybe something we're talking mm. about. Like, yeah. you know, and so I, I try to steal those opportunities yeah. as much as I as I possibly can. Yeah. I remember you saying something that they really enjoyed the Pilgrim's Progress animated movie or whatever. Yeah, was. we read through the Pilgrim's Progress and they liked mm. that. Yeah. And then cool. we watched the movie, yeah. and you know, and they enjoyed and they enjoyed the movie yeah. as well. Um, and that was a good time to ask questions. Right. Pilgrim's Progress, like, Absolutely. what's that weight on his back? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it keeps getting bigger. I remember yeah. them saying, "Why does it keep getting bigger? Bigger? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. talk about it then. Let's yeah. talk cool. about it now." Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're bringing up there in, in those examples, whether you're in the car and you're asking questions to talk about things like the sermon, or you're, hey, let's watch this movie, and it's a, a movie with explicit Christian principles, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, however, uh, those are those are other instances where you are intentionally taking time to instruct. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that would differentiate that between teaching and family worship. Sure. But the, again, the point is you are intentionally doing it. Mm-hmm. So Spencer, I have a question for you because you and I at the table are the only ones that sing as part of our family worship. Mm-hmm. Why do you all sing? Because I think some people, maybe in our context, if we were to tell them, in family worship, you read the Bible, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you pray, oh, okay, and then you sing together. Right. Like some, that makes them very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know, from your all's perspective and your family, why do you sing? I think me and Courtney both love music, so that's probably just be honest. I mean, that's just, you know, we, were, we, we met in the music department in college. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's part of, I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of, uh, I mean. So nerdy. Such yeah. a spiritual answer. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, so we already have a natural bent that way that other people maybe don't. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think um, if it, just from a, a one perspective, it's, it's a great tool to inculcate truth in your kids. Like, um, $10 word. Yeah, inculcate. That's the, as Bill O'Reilly would say, word of the day. Um, but and I think like some some of the songs we'll sing will be songs we sing here at church. Yeah. Um, we've also got some um, use the word catechism songs. Mm. So they're songs that are made for children mm-hmm. that are. It, it's the, the catechism is called the children's catechism, mm. and so it it it, it uh, does the the answer. So it you know it might say who made you and it was mm-hmm. God made me. And so, but then it also in the song it includes a, a verse of scripture mm. in the song. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's cool is my kids are sitting there singing that and they don't realize they're singing scripture yep. and a theological <laughs> yep. truth. 
and, and it's the just, melody is causing it to stick in their brain. It sticks in their. Yeah. It sticks in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> I found that. It's so helpful. I, I found myself whenever I was. I remember at my uh, uh, previous pastorate, I was. I would preach, and I would find uh, these little catechism answers would come to my head from my children's catechism. You know, <laughs> um, where is God? God is everywhere. You know, just all these kinds of things um, come to your mind. So I think it's a helpful learn, learning tool for your kids and for yourself. Mm. And that's singing. Yeah, singing. And it's also just depends on who you are. I mean, you don't want to make this a new law for people, but it can be useful. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, we don't sit as a family and sing a song, but that doesn't mean music is never a part of our learning experience. So like I purposefully, as my kids were getting older, sought out music with a kid bent to it. Mm -hmm. And I started to find, there was a group, I think, and they were called the Risers, I think. Mm -hmm. They just sang scripture in a Mm -hmm. kid way. Mm -hmm. And so they had like 10 songs on the CD. And so I purposefully played that CD whenever the kids were in the car with me. Not that we're all just singing it either. Right. But it's on. Right. Uh, And then as they got older, you know, the corner room had psalms that they would sing through. I would put it on in the van when we would go places. That's cool. um, Or... You know, my kids are getting older now, and they can look up music themselves. And mm-hmm. Aubrey finds Christian songs that she likes, and she mm-hmm. wants to play it, so we play it. Or, mm-hmm. or Easton has some that he likes, and mm-hmm. so we play them, and we know these songs, and they know these songs. And so, yeah. <clears throat> music is still, I would say, important mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. We just don't have that time when it's like, all right, let's all gather together sure. and mm-hmm. sing. Everyone in my family would feel really uncomfortable doing that. I mean, they just all of them. Yeah. It's not me forcing that. Even when, during the COVID, I'd play yeah. the YouTube videos and they're just like staring around like, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing now. Yeah. So I think. So How do this, I respond to this right yeah, now? I don't yeah. know. So what you're saying, I mean, so what you're saying, I mean, your family's in a different place than mine was when we started doing family worship. I mean, so, you know, your kids are older. So for us, neither me nor Alicia are gifted in music. <laughs> so we didn't meet in the music department in college. Mm-hmm. Um and so, and, and I, I played a musical instrument in middle school. In eighth grade, the only class I've ever failed in my life was band. You know, so like I am not a musical person, you know. Um, but we, we started. I know, that's a hard I, class to fail. I'm that's thinking. That's what I'm saying. Man. I'm just saying. I'm not a musical person. But, but we, uh, when we, this, I wanted to, us to try it as a family, mainly because our son Nolan loved singing like he would sing along with music alicia every now and again would sing just really simple tunes like when he was like one or Mm -hmm. one and a half or whatever Mm -hmm. um honestly it kind of happened random like like one i would i would sing him i think we sang it this past week oh great god like i started singing him that song Mm. when he was like one year old and i would have to like go in in the middle of the night and rock him to sleep Mm -hmm. but one day he started singing it with me Mm -hmm. and he was like two years old and the light kind of went off in my head of like he is listening and he he memorized that whole song and he was able to sing it with me and that that kind of awoke woke me up to the the amazing teaching tool that music and just simple singing can be and so we started to incorporate that into our family worship and singing the song. We sang the same song over and over and over <laughs> and over again. But it was we're, we weren't doing it because we were doing it just for fun. I was mm-hmm. trying to teach them a deep truth about God. Mm-hmm. And so like the song, holy, holy, holy. Like, you know, so we're sitting there singing that, and that, that brings up conversations mm-hmm. of, Nolan, what, what do you think holy means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it mean that God is holy? Mm-hmm. You know, and so we talk about that, and... 
Mm. And that's the singing portion of our family worship has become one of our favorite. Mm. Um, and so we, we do that, we teach, and like, so we're finding other benefits. So we don't have children's church right now. Nolan's aged out of the nursery, but the one part of our service that he's clued into more than any other part is when mm. we're all singing together. Mm. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just to say, just saying. But like it's Ouch. so. I mean, think about so. Parents should. I think that's something to consider. You know, we can singing can be um, an abnormal thing. Mm. Part of the reason why we sing also is not just so that it can teach them something. I also want it to be normal for my kids to sing yeah. specifically so that when we are at church singing together, mm-hmm. they feel as if it is normal yeah. to do that. Because I remember I didn't really grow up going to church. Mm-hmm. It was inconsistent at best. Mm. And the singing was the most awkward part. Mm. But now, as a Christian that's matured uh, in my faith, singing is one of the, my favorite times. Mm. Uh, because we're singing about deep truths, we're teaching each other, but it's also a, a chance to to worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and so that's why we sing, and we have find, found great joy in it. Mm-hmm. I, anybody listening to this that maybe has older kids who would find it awkward, I don't know if it would necessarily be the best thing for you right. to just start doing it. Yeah. You know, like you don't really want to force people to do something that they're just going to cram down their throats or whatever. But if you have young kids, like I would really encourage you to consider doing mm-hmm. it, even if it's really awkward at first. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would just give it a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we, like I said, we kind of stumbled into it. I didn't do it intentionally, mm-hmm. it just kind of happened. Uh, but we're really glad that we did. Spencer, something else you mentioned you do with your uh, kids is a catechism. We do a catechism as well. We don't do it as part of our family worship time, but I do it individually with Nolan and Thomas. Mm -hmm. So would you kind of explain what a catechism is? Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of see a catechism as like an Mm add-on, an extra that Mm -hmm. you could do in family worship or just another Mm -hmm. way to teach your kids. Uh, So just explain real quick what a catechism is. I mean, we'll, we'll... Real quick, like so, we don't we 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 may sing a song from that, but it's not like I usually I don't sit there with the book. But a catechism is basically a um, handbook, a miniature handbook on Bible doctrine, the doctrines of the Christian faith, and so, and it's usually structured in a question and answer format. That's the way that it's usually done today, and uh, has been done for a long time. Uh, so it'll ask a question and give an answer. And uh, this is trying to pool not simply sing- single verses from the Scripture, but trying to collect the, all the verses, the whole testimony of Scripture, and to summarize a truth mm-hmm. into a single, succinct answer. Mm-hmm. It's helpful in the sense in which it gives the parent and everybody a, a helpful handle on a, on a basic Bible truth that the Bible testifies everywhere. So, you know, for instance, the first answer to this one, uh, this catechism is who made you? It's a very basic question. God made me. Mm. Well, what else did God make? God made all things. Yeah. Why did God make you and all things? For his own glory. Mm. How can you glorify God? By loving him and doing what he commands. Mm. <laughs> and so, I mean, just kind of very, and you'll notice those are very basic answers, mm-hmm. but they are, but that, the wording, allows you to then unpack it. And you talk, use the word customization. That's really a good word. Mm-hmm. I can customize this for my kids and go as deep as I need to go or as shallow as yeah, I need to go. 
And eventually, you can. there are more advanced catechisms that are more advanced and maybe more technical language. Um, and you can use those as your children get older, mm-hmm. and they can be helpful for that. Um, but an initial catechism can be very basic like that. Mm-hmm. And so I find it... So our kids... Um, there's some great music. We've it's a, there's a thing called songs for saplings, <laughs> and it's it's the children's catechism, and that's what we have found using. So, like it'll go through the the whole children's catechism. So eventually it'll go through. You know, how is Christ your priest? Mm. Christ uh, pleads for me. Christ uh, does this for me. How is Christ your king? I mean, like I don't know, just all those different kinds of questions and answers, and they're put in a, in a very nice framework. And it also gives the scripture reference, which is nice to always tie it back to the Bible in a, uh, in a helpful way. So yeah, I think that's summary. That's what a catechism is. And also a catechism, I understand that I didn't grow up using one. Yeah, I didn't grow up Neither around using that language. Yeah. And I know it's intimidating or initially off-putting because um, especially people that maybe come from a, a, a Catholic or a liturgical or more formal church background um, can often uh, hear that word and they can typically think that this is uh, always for Catholics or maybe they associate it with just simply dead orthodoxy. But that's not our goal here. There are catechisms in the Baptist tradition and in the Protestant tradition more widely that are simply meant to teach what Christianity is in a very succinct way. Um, and they can be very useful yeah. for that as so a teaching tool. So what's the benefit of doing something like that with children? I think one of the things that it's helpful for is um, on, alongside of reading the Bible, so you're reading the scriptures with them, which is good, and you need to and do that, at, again, at the uh, customize it. It may be a psalm, and we're going to read Psalm 117, which is two verses tonight. Or we're going to read the whole chapter of John 4 with Jesus at the woman at the well. So you do that. You customize that. One of the things I think catechism is helpful for, and, and I'm stealing, you know, I think this is, if I can teach you, Scott, Tim brought up the word justification. If I can give a succinct definition to my children, or honestly for me, mm. of what justification is, mm-hmm. that helps me when I read the Bible now. Because yeah. Yeah. we, for instance, whenever we teach our children to read, we're assume, and most of the time they're reading words that they already have mental definitions for. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense when they read. I'm defining words for you so that whenever you read this book, mm-hmm. you know what a dog is. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that catechism is saying. We're telling them this is what this is in the mm-hmm. Bible. So whenever you read this, it actually should make them better readers of the Bible mm-hmm. because they're given the vocabulary that's yeah. in the Bible. I mean, you, you, catechisms are filled full of Bible words calling, adoption, justification, sanctification, glorification, Christ, Holy Spirit. I mean, all those are Bible words. So we're simply, one of the things we're, we're doing is we're trying to help you have definitions to be a better reader of the Bible. Also, it helps us grasp the whole unity of Scripture because Scripture is not simply what happened. It's what happened and what that now means for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a catechism helps bridges that. Mm. Not simply, you know, so for instance, um, Genesis 22, God gives, tells Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, and we're told God uh, provided a sacrifice. Okay, that's great. That happened for Abraham and Isaac. What does that mean? Mm. Well, that's revealing an eternal truth yeah. that God, our Father, has given us the atonement for our sins in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's for you. Right. 
if you receive it right now mm-hmm. by faith. And so we want to help them know the storyline, but we also want them to see what the story means yep. by what it's saying. And I think a catechism can be helpful for that as well. For sure. So again, I've mentioned these four categories as we're talking about these parenting episodes, that there is modeling that we do for our kids. Mm-hmm. There's time that we take to instruct them. We, but we also, the third one is we take opportunity for moments. Mm. There are moments just mm-hmm. randomly throughout the day yeah that we take and that we use as God brings them to us. Mm-hmm. What I have found the greatest uh, impact of a catechism that we do, we use the same children's catechism mm. with our kids, mm. um, is that it it gives it, they're so young when they're doing it. And I think some people are kind of, they see it almost as you might use the word indoctrination. Mm-hmm. You're just pumping them full of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But that's honestly, that's what you do with kids. Yeah. You give them the words, you give them the definitions, even though they don't yet know how to use them. But the only reason I'm able to have some of the spiritual conversations I have with Nolan, for instance, who's four, is because we've been doing a catechism. Mm. He knows certain words Mm. and what they mean. And so I honestly don't think I'd be able to take advantage of those moments to talk with him about spiritual things when they come Mm. If we didn't intentionally take the time to build a framework of knowledge and understanding, that's why you have to do both. Mm -hmm. You can't just rely on these random moments when they come because if you as a parent, all of a sudden you've got this random moment to talk about the Mm -hmm. Lord. But if your child has no understanding of the Lord or no understanding of what justification is or the fact that God is the creator, That's very difficult to try to have a conversation in that moment. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, so I'm not bragging about my child. Like my son has many issues and we are not perfect parents, but just this past weekend, it was a, one of the really neat things mm. to see as the fruit of the work that you've labored to do, mm. sometimes in a very frustrating way. This past weekend, my parents were in town and we were doing our family devotion together as a family. My parents were part of it because they were with us. We always do it. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's over mm-hmm. and who's staying the night. Yeah. This is part of our bedtime routine. So they're there, and we're, our story had something to do with Jesus rising from the dead. Said mm-hmm. God rose, God rose Jesus from the dead. And so the question in the book that we read was, why wasn't Jesus in the tomb? And the answer was, and Nolan read this or understood the story, and so he said, because God rose him from the dead. But then they kind of looked off into space, and he said. But Jesus is God, <laughs> so God rose God. You know, and so yeah. like, you know, like yes. think, he's thinking, yes. yeah. So it's like you're as a parent, like, yeah, boy, we did it. You know, keep going, yeah, keep going, you know, and right. Um, right, and but that was one of those moments. I think one of the the easy things for parents, and one of the mistakes that we make in family worship is we don't think anything's happening. Mm -hmm. Because in the moment, nothing remarkable happens. Most times of family worship in my house are unremarkable and honestly frustrating. (laughs) Because Thomas is two and he is just running everywhere. But it's God gives you little gracious moments like that where he reminds you, no, he's listening. He is learning. Mm -hmm. Just keep on plodding through. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing the tough work because he is slowly understanding mm. what you're doing. It's really good, Scott. Yeah. There's one a lot of things I appreciated, Spencer, about when you had us over for dinner that one day is that you, just because we were over, like you didn't not do that with your family, your, your Bible time. Mm. And it was good to see like Ryle and Uriah interact with it. Mm. It was, it was a good, yeah. it was good to see. 
Yeah, I think it's a wonderful <clears throat> thing. You're right, Scott. Like, um, this whole, your goal, part of one of the fruits that I like what you were saying there is one of the fruits that we're hoping by setting this time apart is so that those spontaneous times are more productive yep. because we're setting a, a, really a small portion of time. Mm-hmm. We're hopefully setting the, you know, we're setting the table so that way later on we can have those, those fruitful conversations. And the goal, I think, to some degree should be that spiritual conversations or things about Christianity should become fairly normal. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't feel weird. Right. In the, in the, and that should be your goal is to make this this whole house, our whole <laughs> family relationships are really all glued together in so many different ways by spiritual conversations. And it's it's just what happens because we're Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's the goal. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you always have to talk about the Bible, but I, I think that that's, I think that's, um, anyway, I just think that's a good fruit that well, can Well, I think come. the quote that I read a while back by Spurgeon is, you're right, you don't always have to talk about the Bible, but for you to never yeah. talk about sure. the Bible yeah. would be a strange yeah. inconsistency right. to use right. his words. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that we could sit here and talk about, guys, in terms of challenges to family worship, like what if you have kids in your home that aren't Christians? Right. Yeah. What if the what if the wife is a Christian, but the husband is not? What yeah. if there's no dad at all? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, what do you do when you have? I mean, Tim uh, would have been able to answer the question for it. Like, I mean, you got kids that are seventeen and two. You know, right. how do you how do you work through that? There's all kinds of particulars. Mm-hmm that we could wade through. I don't think we're going to have time uh, to do that uh, here, Mm. but I think some of the things that we've tried to emphasize here is that taking intentional time to do something to instruct your children is important. Mm -hmm. It sets you up for success later, and it teaches them the Christian faith in a way that makes it real Mm. and um, gives an explanation for the way you see you live mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've enjoyed this conversation. I know doing family worship for us has been an interesting journey because I did not grow up doing family worship, mm-hmm. like you said, Spencer. I It was not part of my upbringing, and mm-hmm. so it's been an adventure to try to figure out what works best. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage people, if they're part of our church and they're listening to this, if they want to learn more. Like I said, we're selling one of the, we're selling a book mm-hmm. in the hallway uh, called Family Worship, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like 70 pages, little bitty thing yeah. uh, that would be a great resource to parents that are wanting to learn how to do this. That's great, Scott. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, um, this is a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. It's a great practice, and um, and the wonderful thing, too, is isn't it, that we can... We can just let the word, part of it is we can just let the word do the work. We just have yeah. to let the Bible be the Bible in our family. And um, does that's not, we still have to obey and listen. Yeah, was it in uh, but, Isaiah, Isaiah 40 something? Yeah. Yeah, the, the word of the Lord never returns void. Yeah, yeah, let it go forth. So yeah. we hope this has been encouraging to you. Um, we thank you for listening. And uh, we hope to you'll be with us next time. Take care and God bless.